Welcome to the Black Doctor Collective Podcast. We as Black doctors are in a unique position. We can change our communities, healthcare, and the world. Of course, we start by changing the way we see and value ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Shanika Horn, pediatrician and physician coach, travel extraordinaire. I am so happy to have you here and listening. So let's get into it. Hey, it is almost Christmas, y'all. And this week we are doing part two of Dr. Kimmy's episode. I'm obviously excited. If you didn't listen to last week's, please go back and do so. It was great. And if you are just tuning into this week's and you haven't heard, let me just do a brief summary of her bio so that you can get familiar and then we can jump right into it. So Dr. Kimmy, my coach, is a double board certified pediatric hospitalist and the CEO of the Dr. Coach School. She first built her business as a procrastination coach, helping professional women break the cycle of self-sabotage so that they could level up their lives after she was able to push through procrastination and develop systems and processes to overcome her own overwhelm. She built a multi-six-figure coaching business from scratch, And over time, other women doctors wanted to know her process for creating a profitable coaching business. Dr. Kimmy then began helping women doctors master their messaging and learn how to sell. She was able to help several of her clients develop thriving coaching businesses and sell high-ticket, high-impact coaching. This led to the creation of the Dr. Coach School, which is how I know her. DCS is for doctors who want to learn the mindset, belief set, and strategies to build a thriving coaching business that is rooted in purpose. In DCS, Dr. Kimmy walks her clients through her proprietary framework, which is guaranteed to get results. I am a testament to this. In DCS, you will learn how to pivot your story into intellectual property, master your messaging through storytelling, and sell with confidence with the sales call prescription. Is DCS about learning to be a coach or is it about learning how to sell? Yes. Dr. Kimmy believes that the only way to fully master coaching is to coach lots of clients. And the only way to create lots of clients is through confident selling. At DCS, you will learn it all. Dr. Kimmy is also the host of the Dr. Coach School podcast, which I have been a guest on more than once. She lives in South Florida and she has an amazing husband, Adrian, and two beautiful children, Israel and Sila. Okay, so we are continuing part two of this podcast interview with Dr. Kimmy because part one was just not enough. We were just skimming the surface of how mindset and coaching and all of these things that we've learned in the last couple of years of becoming entrepreneurs are really affecting our entire life. So we talked pretty much, I think, up until the point of you telling us about the creation of DCS, the Dr. Coach School. So I wanted to start off with the beginning of your entrepreneurship journey and bringing us current. Yeah. So the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. So basically I actually started a blog in 2018, 2019, just when I was, again, I wouldn't have called it coaching that I was coaching myself, but I was, and I wanted to show people who professional women, I would have said at the time, professional women who were also struggling with procrastination, number one, that they weren't alone, but number two, that there's something that they can do about it. They don't have to just be overwhelmed all the time. So I initially actually started the blog with my husband. I think I did that because I actually didn't feel confident launching out by myself. If I'm being honest, because that man didn't contribute nothing to the blog. Okay. (laughs) Nothing. I think he wrote one article and that was it. And so we, I had named the blog. I think it was a really cute name, but I named it husband, wife, doctor life. And it was cute and nobody was reading my blog child. It was just me (laughs) and maybe one of my aunts reading that thing. I was really inconsistent. And over time actually started using the principles I was using in my work in the blog writing. So I became more and more consistent. But one of the things that would really help me to 
do my blog is I would be driving to work. I had about an hour, sometimes an hour and a half drive, depending on Miami traffic. So I would just dictate what I wanted to say. I would dictate my blog and then I would get home. I had an AI tool at the time that would do a transcript. I would clean it up. I would publish it as a blog. And then I was such a podcast person. I love podcasts. My drive to work was my personal, I called it my personal university time. I would just get into podcasts and just be learning all the things. Okay. And at this time I was thinking a little bit tangentially, could I start a business? I actually tried to start a business. I tried to sell skincare products and then I tried to sell hair bundles. That did not work, <laughs> y'all. It did not work. I've tried. I did it, it so you don't have to. Okay. I did yeah. it so you don't have to. But I was in that frame of mind of, I think I want to start a business. I think I want to do something, but I noticed that, okay, I'm dictating my blog. That's doing a podcast. I like writing and writing does come easily to me, but it's so much easier, especially when you're busy to just speak what you want Mm -hmm. to say, as opposed to trying to write. And then my perfectionistic and academic tendencies would take over, et cetera. So I actually just decided why not have my own podcast. So in 2019, I started thinking about starting a podcast. I actually recorded my very first episode in December of 2019 and it went live in January of 2020. So that was really the beginning of my journey. I just want to share. I just want to get the message out there that you don't have to be struggling anymore. Now, Truth be told, I didn't believe anybody would actually buy anything from me. And I think that's why I went down the path of, well, let me sell an actual tangible physical product. Let me sell skincare products or hair, even though I didn't even wear weave myself. What was I doing? So I think I, I truly did not have the confidence that somebody would purchase coaching from me. At the time I did, I had hired a coach by that point. So I was more familiar with the concept of coaching. I understood that what I was doing was coaching myself. I think I did think I could help someone in a coaching relationship, but I didn't think anyone would buy my coaching in the beginning. So that's why I was like, well, let me just put out free stuff and let me do my podcast. And I remember I even hosted a masterclass in January of 2020. And it was like, I'm going to help you build new habits for the new year. Things that I was doing in my life that was working for me. And I knew I could help people, but I didn't feel comfortable putting a price on it because we don't do that outside of medicine. Talk about money and selling. Those are the initial stages. Then honestly, COVID happened. So COVID happened in March and for some reason, that shifted the way I thought about things. Like, I don't know if you remember that period of time, but it was scary. Donald Trump was in office. We uh, didn't have a vaccine. <laughs> See? So that guttery. I, I, I know. I might be re-traumatizing. Yes. <laughs> Donald Trump was spewing foolishness about bleach. We didn't have a vaccine. It was just a scary time. And we, as I was a pediatric hospitalist, so... My hospital is, oh, we're going to have to start admitting adults very soon. I mean, you're, you were in New York, so you saw all the craziness. It was just, it was bananas. And I just remember thinking, okay, I don't even know if the world is going to last much longer after this. (laughs) It just seems like we're on the trajectory of end times. Literally, I felt like that. It was so, it was such a heavy time. I remember telling my husband, it feels because I live in Florida. So the hurricane analogy applies. I I felt like a hurricane was coming very rapidly and a lot of people were going to be affected by it, but we didn't know the categories and we couldn't actually fully prepare for it. So we were just sitting and waiting for this wave of badness to come. And we were watching what was happening in New York and it was crazy up there. So I just remember throwing my caution is that the right analogy I always mess up stuff like that caution to the wind I don't know whatever you know what (laughs) I I I decided I mean life is short I certainly don't know what I'm doing but I do think I can help people that was a way that I could contribute 
my work into the world was starting a business. So I decided to start a coaching business and sell coaching. And at the time, what I had done was overcome procrastination. So that's what I wanted to help other people do. So I started a program called Procrastination to Purpose. That was around May of 2020. And yeah, well, I'll stop there. I don't know if you have any questions about that because that was a lot. That, that was the beginning of my journey. I love the trajectory of your journey because I think anyone who's entered entrepreneurship or even considered it or dabbled in it started the way you started. Like selling something random. Everyone wants to sell t-shirts. Oh my or... gosh. <laughs> right? There's certain categories that catch everyone's attention because they just know something else got to happen, but they're not sure what that thing is. And so, well, let me just get in on this little hustle. Everything's a side hustle. So knowing that, and I think a lot of people will relate to that because (laughs) so many of us, that's where our brain goes. What's the quickest, easiest, fastest, shortest? That's what we're looking for. What can we do that doesn't require us to do a lot of brain work? It's just so funny. That was your story of selling makeup. I think what doesn't require a lot of brain work is a part of it. But also I think as black women, we are conditioned to produce. We're conditioned to, to be giving or doing something. There has to be something tangible. That's our ability to give and produce and for there to be a tangible output comes from slavery, honestly. I mean, yeah. we had to even produce breast milk and we couldn't feed it to our children. We were feeding it to oh. the master's children. And what have we produced in the fields, et cetera. So there's, there is a link between us and feeling like our worth is tied to how much we produce. And I think we don't always see our intellectual property as worthy of that same. I've actually had people tell me black women doctors who are like, you know what? I don't think I can't charge for that because there's nothing tangible. There's nothing on the other end of it. At least when if I sell a t-shirt or a mug or a (laughs) planner, there's something that someone can hold in their hand. I think that is a part of our socialization as well. Like we're not, we don't often see ourselves as thought leaders, even when we do decide that we want to do coaching and we want to pay for, or we want to charge for our intellectual property. We often first think that what we have in our brain, it can't be enough. So we have to go and study under someone and use their intellectual property. We don't see ourselves as creators of thought leadership or as experts. And we, maybe we do in medicine, but often when I help doctors develop coaching niches outside of medicine, often we see ourselves as experts and thought leaders and we'll do a speech all day about diabetes (laughs) or whatever, but oh, but I lost weight and I can help someone else lose weight. That feels too nebulous. That feels like nobody's going to pay for that. So I just wanted to hit on that point as well. There's also some societal conditioning that has made us think that we aren't worthy of being paid for what's in our own brain. Yeah. I love the way you storytell because I think that you capture all of these things that maybe someone doesn't even have the words to say, that's exactly what's happening in my brain. <laughs> so yeah. when I listen to you, I'm like, yep, done that, doing that, had that experience. Everything is, is definitely exactly as you said. So yeah, there are so many things that happen in our brain that are literally keeping us from doing, just doing. We often... We, we know what we want to do. We have a desire, but we, and my life coach says it like this, our brain will always prioritize safety over success. So if there's a toss up between safety and success, we're going to choose safety always period. And I don't think we should shame ourselves for that. It's just about having awareness 
of it. That's what I was doing in from January to May of 2020. I was just doing all the free stuff and giving away my IP for free, not in a way of sharing my IP, but literally nobody would pay me for this anyway. So let me just, I was trying to coach people for free and all of this stuff. It was just coming from that place of who am I to be, who am I <laughs> to sell my intellectual property? Who, Even though I saw other black women doing it, I was listening to them on my podcast, right? So <laughs> I knew that there was a model for it, but I didn't think it applied to me. I think a lot of times Again, in medicine, we are particularly conditioned to not speak about money, to not mm -hmm. associate our work that we do at the bedside. We show up right. in the hospital, in the clinic, we do all this work. And then magically there's just a paycheck at the end of the month in our account, but we don't link those two things. Right. So it was really uncomfortable for me to think about charging money for my expertise outside of medicine when I didn't even, I didn't even fully always see the association between the money I was making in medicine and the work that I was doing, right? It was like stuff happened at the bedside and then the money just magically appeared in my account, but I didn't make <laughs> that link. Whereas physicians mm -hmm. in prior generations, we were running practices. We were like, if we didn't charge, we weren't going to get paid. And so we, we were more entrepreneurial, but that I think maybe for the better was separated, but then I think it has gone way too far to where we, we don't want to talk about money at all. We're just altruistic. We're just supposed to be martyrs. We just show up and do the work. And so, yeah, I think that also had a lot to do with why I didn't feel comfortable charging, but I think when the pandemic hit it, it shifted my I mean, it was just, I mean, like a light bulb. This, yeah, it was like everything is a hot mess anyway. Let me just, I mean, I, let me just might as well. Be a little bit of a hot mess myself and just try to sell my offer, try to actually help people. I had done the free coaching thing, it didn't work. The, the clients that I had who were, I was coaching for free, they didn't have enough skin in the game. It wasn't their fault, right? They weren't even achieving the transformation that I would have wanted them to achieve. So I was like, I know I have to charge. I had a coach, like I said, by that time. So I saw the way I showed up to the coaching container because I had paid money. And so I was like, well, let me just try. Let me just try. So in May, I launched my very first offer. It was a group coaching offer. That was the first mistake. Do not start with group coaching. Y'all. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no business trying to launch, trying to sign multiple people at one time when I didn't even know how to sell, but that's what I did. And I was charging $997. It has to end with a seven because that's what. <laughs> Sounds like a discount. Yes. That's, it can't be a thousand. It has to be 997. It has to be a seven. It can't be 99 either because something magical about the seven. I had all the, cause remember I used to listen to all the podcasts. So I somehow had all of these things like floating in my head <laughs> of what I needed to do. So Launched my offer in May of 2020. I signed five women to that. That, I mean, honestly, I, it's a little bit of a miracle because how, like, what were they buying? What was happening? I, I don't even fully know. So thank you, Lord, that I even made any money, but that really started a year of me hustling and trying to figure it out. When George Floyd was murdered shortly after that. I, that was the moment that I decided I needed to get out right. of medicine. Right. I yeah, we to, talk about like, that. I needed, yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. I needed mm -hmm. to leave these people. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it was just a disaster. I was like, I this is, and my eyes were so much more open because again, I had coaching tools now that I didn't have before. Whereas before I would have internalized it and blamed myself. Now I really was able to see the injustices. And so I, I knew I needed to quit. So that was a year of me trying to do all of the things, hustle, sell Facebook ads. And I mean, start Facebook ads, trying to host these complicated challenges and launches, hiring launch managers, all the things, except the main thing of learning how to sell my offer. That was a disaster. And so it ended up in December of 2020, I had 2K left in my business bank account and I had a decision to make because I couldn't continue 
this any longer. This was not going to work anymore. I either was going to close down my business or I was going to figure this thing out. I was going to have to learn how to sell. And so I just remember making that decision that I'm not going to give up. I knew I wanted to continue. I didn't want to give up, but I was going to have to do something drastically differently. So I decided to hire a coach, learn, actually learn how to sell my offer. And I did that. And I just, I became a nerd. I literally just was like, I am going to figure out this sales thing. There was something where I knew that it wasn't, I was like, it's not me. I'm not just an inherently bad person. People are attracted to what I'm putting out, but they're not converting. So there's something I'm missing. And I actually just started studying the psychology of sales. I started really digging into that with the, with the help of my coach and other resources that I was utilizing as well. And I just got super head down focused. I spent a lot of time evaluating. That's why I hit on evaluation so much inside of DCS. I spent so much time evaluating every failure I had. I would just evaluate it and I would learn and grow so much from it. And just apply the principles. And I eventually developed my own sales process that I, at at the time I was still trying to sell procrastination stuff. I wasn't even fully in business coaching per se, but I learned how to sell. I actually noticed my sales calls started converting and people were raising their hand consistently. And then people actually started coming to me, asking me to help them start their businesses. They were all physicians. I fought the physician thing for a long time because- (laughs) trying to work with physicians we are well we are our mm-hmm. own special <laughs> breed I was like no physicians no oh just professional women meanwhile it was only physicians that were actually <laughs> coming to me so once I actually niched down I just got I just made a decision and I almost said I got clear Mm-mm. I didn't No, There was no, I didn't, I, there was no clarity. I just had to make a decision of these are the people that are coming to me. These are the people I can help. I'm going to help physicians. I'm going to help them sign their first few clients. That's something I was able to do. And I felt like I really had a good handle on understanding sales psychology, the sales process. And so, yeah, I just, that was 2021. I scaled my business to six figures very quickly, like within six months after a year of hardly making any money. And then the following year I hit multiple six figures in revenue and was able to leave my job. So I've been full-time in my business for about a year and a half or so. And it has been the best of times, the worst of times, just all of the things, but I'm really grateful. Yeah. Bill, you can interrupt me. I feel like I'm just talking. Just like- no, I'm, I mean, it's flowing. So I'm, listen, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, because you mentioned doctor culture is not to talk about money and we don't generally have an idea of what's going on when it comes to the financial component. But I think it's the same in Black communities. I also think that is a similar rhetoric for Black women that we just, oh, don't worry about the cost or, oh, we're not gonna, you know what? Just let me just hook you up. This constant need to provide value without it being associated with money. And so I talk about money mindset a fair bit on this podcast because I think that is one of the leading causes of why we stay in places we don't need to stay in or why we aren't able to advance in the way that we need to advance. So it's not just doctors. I think for us being black women physician is the the triple threat of why we play small, of why we feel uncomfortable asking about money or talking about money or selling things. So yes, a lot of layers to unpack. (laughs) For sure. A lot of healing. Yes. I'm glad you said that a lot of healing and it's not frivolous. I think Mm -hmm. I used to think talking about money was a really frivolous thing. I felt like I was so much more, I don't know. It was like a false superiority. superiority. Yeah. (laughs) Like what? We we need to be talking about money, but I didn't, I, it was, it was very taboo. Like you said, very 
very taboo in the physician community, being black in America, being a woman in general, don't talk about money. So yeah, there's so many layers to it. And it's something I am still working through. I am so much better than I was before, but it's something I have to constantly work on with my coach. I have a money coach and we have to work through, I have a lot of money trauma from growing up at periods poor, at periods not having a place to live. There were periods where things were okay. And then there were periods when we really just didn't have money. And so that up and down is something that I have had to really work through because I have a story in my mind that money, if you get it, it goes away. It doesn't Mm -hmm. stay right because of that up and down from that trauma of childhood. So that's something I spend a lot of time working through with my coaches. And it's, again, it's a safety thing of my nervous system and money. And it's just it, but I'm so much of a better person for addressing it and for not, for no longer making it taboo. So yeah, it's layers, so many layers. (laughs) Layers. Okay. So for people who are listening and they are relating to this and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that's me. I have all this stuff. What do you think are your best tools for exiting that? That mindset. Exiting what in which mindset? The, the like, money or well, just being a person who's uncomfortable talking about money or offering services or oh. Well, I think that if, so I'm going to speak to the person who desires to start a business, but then I have to talk about money and I have to sell stuff and all of that for sure. Yeah. That, I think the biggest thing for me that helped me, and like I said, it is an ongoing process and DCS, we talk about the spiral staircase. So you're going up the staircase, but you end up at the same point at a higher level, but still dealing with the same stuff. Right. So it's definitely a spiral staircase. There's something I'm still working through at this point, but I think the first thing I had to do was just be honest with myself. That is what was happening. I think that against that false sense of superiority of money is not something that I discuss. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make money. And I think when I just got honest with myself. I want to make money. I actually want to make a lot of money in my business. I want to change a lot of lives. I have plans and goals for generational wealth for my family. I have plans and goals for what I want to create in the world, like the nonprofits I eventually want to start and things like that. I need money to do that. Right. So I just Mm -hmm. got honest with myself about, oh, because we didn't even talk about the impact of the church on money because that is also a part of my money mindset background, right? You're not supposed to love money and the love of money is the root of all evil and all of that stuff. So I just got clear on the fact that I desire having money and that is okay. That is not a problem. That is not, I'm not a horrible person. I'm not a bad person just because I want to make money in my business. That was the first thing is just getting, determining what result do I want to create in my mm-hmm. life. Right. And I, and it did involve me wanting to make money. I think one of the things that helped me to do that was surrounding myself with mentors and with people who didn't shy away from talking about money. So I remember when I hired my business coach at the time, I wanted someone who talked about money and talked about money very positively. When my coach at the time I'll never forget. I was listening to her podcast back in like 2017 and she was like, I'm supposed to be wealthy. And I remember being like, who who does this lady think she is? But then a part of me was like, but also, yes, please. "Hmm." Also, (laughs) I think I want that. Right. (laughs) Right. So when I was making the decision that came back to me, I wanted someone who was unapologetic about making money. I wanted someone who was a black woman who was just living her life and talking about abundant living and things like that. So I put myself in those communities on purpose. So that was one of the things. And then also 
deciding from there, what do I need to believe in order to achieve that? From that place, what result do I want to create? What do I need to believe? And then work on building that belief. And I have a whole process for that called my action belief process, but I don't always start off with full belief. And I don't think you have to start off with full belief. You just have to start off with desire of what Mm. you want to create. And then you can build relief, right? Building belief is a process. It's a very, just very structured thing that you can do. It's not magical. It's not woo. It's not like this random thing that some people have and some people are born with and some people don't. You can build belief, right? So I've developed a process of building belief over the years. And so I just started utilizing that process, but it just started with my desire. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to create. And then I just set about building that belief for myself. And so that really helped me to move past that and continues to help me move past that. Because like I said, it's a, it is a spiral staircase. I am still going through it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still going through it, but so, so, so much better than I was in the past. Yeah. I, well, I, I, Dr. Kimmy, as my coach knows my spiral staircase and, (laughs) um, I think it's nice to hear it said as you don't necessarily have to start off with that belief of, I already believe this thing because a lot of people spend a lot of time there trying to aspire to a belief that they don't actually connect with. And so. Oh, that just leaves you feeling like, nope, I'm still, nope, still can't do it. Um, not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. yeah. One of the things you said, I think one of my tools, and, and it relates to what you just said, is that when I think about why I wanted to make more money, it was really hard initially for me to say, I just want to be rich or I want to have nice things. That was so hard because it had all those layers of like greed being bad and rich people are terrible people and selfish. And like you have all that that input from growing up and being surrounded by people with really bad money mindsets um, Mm -hmm. and being a person with a poor money mindset. So one of the first things I think I did was create the alternate reasons why making money would be beneficial. And so it was a lot of external things. So like I would be able to help my family. And if I had more money, this is how I would give back to the community. And I would be able to invest in X, Y, and Z. And those reasons also exist, but for some reason they felt so much more valid to me than my own personal desire. And so that's where I started was like, well, no one's going to think I'm a bad person if they know all the good I want to do in the world. Right. (laughs) And I think I'm such a believer in just like keeping it real. If, if that's where we have to start, like definitely start there. I think have awareness. That's what you're doing though. Don't delude yourself into no, just be honest with yourself. I mean, I wish I could just say that I want to be rich, but I know that like my brain isn't ready for that yet. So this is a bridge thought or a bridge belief to get me to that. So I think that's totally fine. But yeah, I had to start off with, with that as well. Like thinking about the clients that I want to serve and the more income I make is the more impact I have. And like I said, the nonprofit that I want to start. And now I can just say, I mean, I just want to be rich. I think it's my birthright. Like I can say that now, but like in the beginning that did not feel safe. It did not feel like it was the right thing to say. So I think it's okay to use those bridge beliefs when we need them. Just be, we just need to be aware that's what it is and know when it's time to shift to what we actually want to believe. So Yeah. So you have, I mean, honestly, no one ever masters these things, right? You're always utilizing the tools of it, but you have, I feel like you're one of the more advanced people when it comes to coaching thought leadership, because you have created such effective tools and processes that work, right? Like So you've created this action belief process. You've created, I mean, a lot of these are the tools that I use when I coach my clients and shift total perspectives and mindsets. So how do you, as someone who creates this thought leadership, 
when you're utilizing it, or actually when you fail to utilize it, how do you not penalize yourself or self-judge or do all That's of a good the things? Question. I feel like that is like my number one thing. I learn something, I get snooty about learning it. Cause I'm like, don't these people see that if they just shifted their mindset, they could just be on another level. And then when I don't do it, I'm also equally judgmental of myself. There's just like a lot of the negative self-talk takes just another, another turn. <laughs> yeah. So that's such a good question. Here's what I'll say. I, it's not that I don't have neg negative self-talk because I do, but that really was one of the first things I tackled back in 2018 when I first started on this journey was at least being aware of the negative mm -hmm. self-talk. So I think what I do differently now is I just notice it. It's not that it, like I said, it's not that I don't have it. And I'm just like, always like positive poly in my head. No, my brain, <laughs> I have the same cave woman with the same cave woman tendencies. That's our primitive brain, our amygdala trying to keep me safe. My brain does the same thing that your brain does that all my other clients do. I think the difference is I notice it. And I, what I heard you say is you will judge yourself for not using it. We will also judge ourselves for judging ourselves. <laughs> and then that's just by that point, like you haven't done the thing and then you're judging yourself and then you're judging yourself. We are just like heaping yeah. all this suffering on ourselves. So I, that's the part where it stops for me. It's negative self-talk. Oh, I notice it. I see it. It's okay. I'm having negative self-talk. I see what's happening here. And then I'm able to either, either coach myself on it or get coaching. I don't want to, I just want to be clear. I have a lot of support for this little brain of mine. Okay. Because <laughs> my brain is so messy. And I think that's why I have to keep a coach. I have coaches for, I have a marriage coach. I have a life coach. I have a business coach. I have a scaling coach. Shoot. I have a coach to help me. I have a money coach. I have a coach that just helps me with me writing emails. I, I will, I will coach myself up. Like I will get myself surrounded with enough support because I have a, I believe I have a huge purpose in this world. I, I truly believe the action belief process. I am a business coach right now. That's not my ultimate, like my purpose is to get this AV process in the world. This thing is life-changing. Okay. And so I am very clear about my vision and I know that I can very easily sabotage that by mm. what's happening in my brain. So I think, like I said, the only difference is I notice it and I don't judge myself for it. And then I also, I have a lot of coaching support. So I just, I get a lot of coaching. I sell coaching, so I believe in it, but I also just believe in it because it works. I just, I'm never, I guess I should never say never, but as long as I am working in any capacity in a business of my own, I will have an entire coaching team. I will have, I will always have that. It is necessary and it's a, a privilege that I'm able to do that, but it's almost at this level a requirement. Like I have to have that support. So yeah. And then I think that believe it or not, I, when I'm coaching my clients, I, there's so much of what you guys go through that I also go through. Right. So I'm coaching you. And then I'm also noticing the areas where I need to adjust in that. So I'm a little meta, like when I'm coaching y'all, I'm also not necessarily coaching myself, but I'm just noticing where am I having that pattern or where am I also resisting that emotion? So I think that my self-coaching is probably, I just do it so much that I do it even when I don't even know I'm doing it. So I just get a lot of practice in it, but I also have moments and I just go to my coach crying. I have my coach. I literally just recorded a podcast with her today. She has seen me just at the lowest of the low. I just snotting, crying, just, I just let loose. I just don't judge myself for that. It's yeah, I'm a human and I have a messy brain. So yeah, but it takes, I think it takes 
a lot of growth to even get there because mm-hmm. to decide that you deserve this kind of support, to decide that it's okay to be vulnerable and open and share your mess with other people. There's a lot behind it. It sounds like easy and, oh yeah, I have this and I did, but to get to where you are, bro. Yeah, I have had, so I'm so glad. I was, my coach and I were just talking, my life coach and I were just talking about that. When I was going to sign up with her, I definitely, my care woman was like, girl, who do you think you are? (laughs) Who do you think you are? You about to spend how much? I pay my coach $15,000 a year. You about to spend $15,000 on a coach. You already have four other coaches. Who do you think you are? And I told her that on the sales call. I was like, I'm just saying my brain has thoughts about this entire investment. It's too much. I already have coaches and a coaching team. And so I, again, I didn't actually said this to her just a couple minutes ago. I did not have full belief when I signed up for her with her. I just had an inkling and some desire. And I also just had awareness of what my cave woman was doing. And I just moved forward with that. But I was on our sales call, girl, I don't know about this whole, because, and there was a moment where I knew that was shifting me into a different, I knew that, how do I say this? Well, I'll just say it. The average person does not have five coaches. This is not... Yeah. Like just the normal thing that's happening. So I could, I was very keenly aware that I, this was me saying something different about myself and my Mm -hmm. brain fought it really hard. So I just want to say, yeah, I, it's not just, oh yeah, I have a coaching team and oh my God, I had to fight myself to get a coaching team and I have to sometimes fight myself to keep my coaching team and all of that. So thank you for acknowledging that because that is so true. That is so true. I think that's the first thought that comes into a lot of people's minds is As soon as you come up with an idea, you come up with the counter reasons why you shouldn't have that thing or why you don't deserve that thing. And so I always like to acknowledge that moment because that is the first part of the conversation. The first part where you tell yourself no before someone else tells you no, or like you just dissuade yourself from doing something that you probably needed to do to get the result you're trying to get to. So yeah. Yeah. Like when you were going to join DCS. Girl, listen, I was not trying to join DCS. I was there for the free webinar because I like free 99. Okay. I have a, another doctor who we would joke and he's, you are the queen of free. That is such a terrible sentiment, but also true because I really love. No, but free. you're better. You're better, Shanika. I'm so much better. No, you no, be so like so ordering Instacart now. You have yeah. your little telemedicine appointments. Like you are I doing am, it. I'm super bougie right now. And, and I had <laughs> bougie tendencies before. And I never say bougie is a bad thing. Prime, I thoroughly enjoy bougie things. Okay. So this is not like a judgy thing, but Yeah, I literally was like, oh, I'm the queen of free. I'm trying to get things for free. So when you came along, I had just finished working with my money coach. That was the first coach I ever had. And I was like, definitely money is a problem. Let me get a money coach. I did my bid with her. And then I was like, okay, but, and we were just starting to talk about me starting my business and I wasn't offering anybody anything at any time ever. So... (laughs) I was like, all right, well, well, this doctor has this interesting webinar. I'll just go to that. I'm going to take some real meticulous notes. And then I'm going to go off and I'm going to figure it out. That's it. Why not? If she trying to offer me something for free, let me take that. So that was my whole mindset. And then I don't even remember the exact play of events, but (laughs) it was definitely something like, you messaged me and I was like, no, you, well, you signed up for a call. No, not yet. You didn't Yeah, You did it. Right after the webinar, I think you did a follow-up and 
I basically laid out all my objections about why I couldn't join your program. Mm. And you completely ignored all of them. And you were like, but what is the goal here? Let's focus on what you, if you thought you were able to achieve it. And it really just tapped into the fact that I did not have the self-belief that I could achieve the thing that would make this investment worth it in my mind, right? It was like, I didn't really believe that I was going to be able to create a program that would help people that I could sell that. So the idea of investing in something and you think you're not going to get your money's worth when you have that mindset, then you don't even recognize all the other benefits that are going to come out of it for sure. But it's definitely, I was not trying to buy nothing. You just ignored me. And then you made me schedule a call and she's been bullying me ever since y'all to my benefit. (laughs) I... I'm so <laughs> grateful to be the bully in your life who has helped you make money in your business. <laughs> my, loving my loving pushes me to make money. First time I'm having a profitable year in my business, bully. <laughs> we'll take it. We will take it. Right? Okay. I will take that. Okay. Call me whatever you want to call me. My clients <laughs> are really mad at me right now. You guys are listening to this later, but like in the moment. So I guess by the time this goes live, it'll be over, but we're hosting a 30 day challenge mm-hmm. right now. It's called an embarrassment challenge. My clients it's all mortifying. hate my guts right now, but like legit, somebody just posted that she made $6,000. Another person just had a sales call, has another one. This It's obviously working. So I'm like, y'all can hate me all you want. <laughs> it's fine, but you're going to be making money while you hate me. So then it's all good. So Listen, I, that's the work we do in DCS. If you think you're (laughs) going to join to get sales scripts, go to a different program. We are going to be selling, which means we are going to be selling ourselves on ourselves. We are going to be doing some internal work and showing up fully. And I know, and you groan and you moan and then you sign a client. It's fine. It's fine. It's not a problem. (laughs) No, it's definitely not. I think that's, that right there, if people are thinking about coaching, whatever the, the area is, right? That is the tenant of a good coach is that they don't care about your little soft feelings. They don't mind hurting your feelings. You won't get these results, okay? Because <laughs> that's what we came to do. So listen, that is I hurt your feelings like two nights ago. I have no problem. I'm like, girl, wasn't it yesterday? not a problem. I feel like it was yesterday. Was it not yesterday? It was not yesterday. (laughs) It was definitely four days ago. (laughs) (laughs) I guess your feelings are still hurt, but it's not a problem. It was feeling fresh. Dr. Kimmy definitely hurts my feelings, but in a good way. And honestly, if you don't have, I always say community is so important because if you don't have people that are calling you on your mess, especially your like mind mess, then how can you grow, right? If you don't have people that can be honest with you, that's one of the tenets I uphold in friendship a lot is if you don't have the kind of friends who are gonna be honest with you, if you don't have people in your community that are gonna be honest with you, there's no way to move forward and grow. It's really, you can push yourself to a certain point, but you also need people around you to show you and also really just be like, nah, cut the crap. Let's get it together. We, no, mm -mm. (laughs) and I need that stern because- I'm a black woman. That's how, that's my love language. It's yes. stern speaking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So funny. Okay. So I think we talked a little bit on the previous episode about your work. So we talked a little bit about your program. And so that'll, if you guys didn't hear part one, if you're in, if you're a doctor and you I'll let you pitch your own program. Why am I pitching your program for you? You're going to do it better than me. You, you, you in it. So I mean, you, it. you're closer to their level. So you can say it. Say it. It's, it's like, seriously, if you are a physician who is looking for entrepreneurial guidance, right? You want to start something else that medicine is not what it's cracked up to be because we know that to be true. But you have all of this mind drama about why you can't do the thing. The doctor coach school is the place for you because there's a lot of us in there who had the same feelings and now are able, we're able to create our vision, bring it to fruition with the kind of support that you need to actually be successful, to actually make money. 
because yeah, you're not making money in your business. It's a hobby. We don't do hobbies in DCS. We make money. I mean, I love a good hobby, but just distinct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but just like your intellectual property and thought leadership shouldn't be a hobby. So right. if you want to make money from that, join yeah. us inside of DCS. Yeah. So thank you so much for your time and for your coaching and your support of me. Y'all, I know a lot of people comment on the trajectory of my growth over the year of listening to the podcast, and I attribute it to this woman right here. So Dr. You are so welcome. You're so (laughs) welcome. Thank you for being, so Shanika and I are friends outside of our coaching relationship as well. Thank you for being an incredible friend to me and for just seeing, I don't know, sometimes I, what are the words? I'm trying to find the words. I think that sometimes clients don't always see our full humanity, right? The fact that you are a client, but you also see me and my full humanity enough that we can even be friends outside of that relationship is really special to me. And we're friends, but I still hold your foot to the fire, the coaching relationship and (laughs) all of the things. It's just, thank you. And thank you for this community that you've created and that you are cultivating. I still believe, which is why I even allowed you into DCS. I believe that you are creating an empire, a multi-million dollar empire. There's just so Mm. many Black women that you're helping in by extension, communities and patients that are being helped because you are helping to keep people there. I'm trying to get them out. You're keeping them there, (laughs) right? And so we need both. We need both, right? So I just want to say congratulations to you on your profitable year in your business. And the year is not even over yet. So there's more money to be made. And you are going to make more money before the year is out. I'm excited to continue working with you. And- I don't know. Can we even lease this? Can we tell the people that you're going to be joining the company? I mean, we can. Okay. Dr. Shanika is joining my company as our lead coach. So she will be helping me with developing my coaching offers even more and coaching my clients because Dr. Shanika is hands down the best coach that I've ever met. She, her skill at coaching is just absolutely incredible. So I knew that she was the right fit for my company. So I'm really excited to have you also working in the business as you continue to grow your own. My absolute honor and pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, this is so good. I'm so glad you were coming on. I'm sure we'll do another episode in the future because we always have stuff to talk about. Yes. Yes. And we will bring you back on my podcast as well soon to just give an update on your progress as well. Yay. Okay. So that is it for this week. We thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing in our stories. And of course I will link all the ways to find Dr. Kimmy in the show notes. So look out for that there. Thanks guys. Thank you. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. And what I want you to do next is write a review. I'm going to make this so easy for you. Just go ahead and give me five stars, but also leave a comment that tells me how we can be off the charts. I want you to link us everywhere you can. Instagram at The Black Doctor, The Black Doctor website to join our newsletter. Just become part of our collective. I want you here. Thanks. Until next time. Bye. Thank you.